Welcome back, guys. It's Anne-Marie and Dr. Jamie with a very special guest, Dr. Z, like how I like to talk, call him. Oh, my God, I can't speak today. <laughs> Dr. Marty Zayak from Miami, Florida, and he is at Miami Skin and Laser, and I will post the details, but that's the intro. And before we get started, I want to tell a little bit of a background story. Uh, we go back almost 15 years and um, he has been my one and only dermatologist and many other things pretty much i use him as my regular doctor for every issue (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of funny because he's like wait don't you have a doctor for that i'm like no but it's so much easier if you and i just talk about it Um, i'm sure you love that (laughs) listen amory is a special woman and i think that uh you have to be close to those people that are special not only is she beautiful but she's special in the heart and she's sharing all of her great qualities and we're happy that i'm That's why we love her joining yeah. you and we'll try to see if we can make this a regular like what's real in skin you know yes oh, i, I love, love that. that what's real in skin so a very short uh version um story so we meet about 15 years ago and how him and i met was because i was having at the time adult acne and um i couldn't figure it out i was trying many different things and long story short i ended up at his office and i was like i want accutane and he was like okay he goes how about we talk about this and you know have a discussion and how many other things we could possibly try that won't be so intense and this is our story you know it was great because he was so real and down to earth and gave me all my options and it was love at first sight here we are did you end up on accutane I did not. I never took it. He never gave me the prescription and he ended up taking care of my skin. He introduced me to a really lovely girl that helped me. Uh, Her name was Joey. Remember Joey? Uh, Yeah, Joey helped me at the beginning, like top, uh, you know, like surface and then Annabelle and him. Um, helped me with all the other stuff just trying to figure out what was causing it we got to the root of the problem and uh and then we're here and then later on a couple years after he introduced me as we all know um to ivan from the beauty sandwich and that's kind of like our story so amazing we are here because there's a very trending topic right now i mean it's always trending but it's extra hot right now because of wellnet paltrow posting an application of sunblock Mm. and there was so much comment about it and there was so much on the news about it and I said you know what this is what I like to do I like to bring in the professional to talk about it and to tell us how exactly should be done not from a social media perspective so amazing yeah so here we are he's gonna talk to us about how we should apply it uh, the difference between, you know, traditionals, organics, and then Dr. Jamie will also have an angle on all of this, right? Sounds yeah, I amazing. mean, I'm, I'm a spectator today. I can't <laughs> wait to listen. So tell us, Dr. Z, tell us the, you know, the, the simple rules of sunblock. The simple rules of sunblock is that the sun is an amazing thing, and without the sun, our world would not be what it is. So a little bit of sun is critical for all living things but we know from many many years that from the first day your child or your baby goes out in the sun they get exposed to light and that ultraviolet light whether it be uva or uvb creates changes in the skin which eventually can cause skin cancer cause pigmentation cause changes that form wrinkles and you know aging of the skin so 
Sunscreen was developed and what we call the sun protection factor or the SPF is a number that tells you how much protection. So what's the reality of it is really probably a sun protection factor or an SPF of 50 is probably as good as one of 100 because 50 will block you 97.3% and 100 will block you 97.8%. So mm -hmm. it may be better, but if you're paying a lot more money for 100 versus a 50, there probably is not so much logic behind that, okay? Now, when do you want to apply it? Obviously, you want to apply it before you go out in the sun. It's best to put it on before you get out in the sun because once you get out in the sun, it's hot, you're sweaty, or if you're going to put on some makeup beforehand, you want to clean your face well in the morning with a good cleanser, whether it be a gentle cleanser or a salicylic acid cleanser if you have oily skin. And then you want to evenly apply the sunscreen on the entire face. The content of putting in specific areas because you're going to prevent wrinkles doesn't make sense because the other areas that are exposed that are not protected by the sun will get the damage and either create changes in the skin, which are pigmentation, wrinkles, or aging, or ultimately the worst scenario would be skin cancer. So when you apply, you want to put a little dab. I always tell my patients, you clean your face, dry it off well, put a little dab on your, on your hand, and then put a dab on your forehead, a dab on your cheek, a dab on the other cheek, a dab on the chin, and a dab on the nose. And then you kind of spread it out evenly over the entire face. You want to also get the ear lobes and the ears because people don't think of that, but they're really a cosmetic part of the face and they stick out. Whether you have your hair or a hat, the ears tend to stick out and they're going to get exposed to the sun. So in all honesty, the best application is even application over the entire face. So let's say, for example, someone washes their face and they like to use a toner and they like to use a serum. So is there like a right or wrong? Is it okay to put it after your toner? Is it okay to put it after your serum? Is it, does it work any less or any better, you know? I think that when you're cleaning your face, you're trying to get the superficial oils out, the superficial dirt. So you want to do your cleansers. You want to do your toners. You want to do any of the antioxidants that you want to get into the skin first. Okay. And then you want to put on your sunscreen. And a sunscreen should be a sunscreen that's pure sunscreen, not necessarily a sunscreen mixed in a, in a lotion or a cream. You know what I'm okay. saying? They have some moisturizers that have sunscreen in it, but usually the, SP, the SPF factor is not strong enough to really be preventative. Women have a good advantage over men because after they do that and they put on maybe some other kind of cream, they tend to put on makeup. And makeup, especially if it's like a mineral type makeup, is a powder that, that goes on the skin and gives you an extra layer. So if you're using makeup, which mostly women versus men do, although some men do as well, and that's fine, but you want to do the cleansing part, do the antioxidants, do anything that's a serum that you want to penetrate into the skin. Then you put on your sunscreen and then you can put on your makeup or whatever cream you want after that. Got it. You just mentioned something and I saw Jamie. I saw your face light up when he said something about a true sunblock, right? When you... Uh, yeah, I was just interested in the part of the uh, cream versus, you know, lotion versus spray and, and just sort of the different ways. I also always wonder, I mean, I've, of course, if it's a makeup based sunscreen, it's a little bit different, but are, are there really very big differences between sunscreens that are marketed for the body versus ones that are marketed for the face? Probably not. Honestly, the, SP the SPF or the sun protection factor is the most important thing, as long as it's number 50 or above. Some people like the cream, some people like gel, some people like the spray because it's like dry on. But as long as you get even application, you put it on, that really all that matters. What I was mentioning is sometimes you have, you can buy a, a common, you know, moisturizer in the, in the 
Walgreens or supermarket or whatever, and it says also contains some protection factor. It's really it's not a, not significant enough to use as solely a sunscreen. So you can use that moisturizer because it's just added. But if you're going to use that kind of moisturizer, you want to put your sunscreen on first. And then you put the moisturizer on after that. Got it. Okay. So there's like, for example, like CeraVe, right? Which I've used in the past, uh, right. has an AM and a PM. So that AM does come with some SPF. So you would recommend I add some sunblock to that as well. Correct. I mean, Got for it. the most rule, if you're going to be out on the beach or playing tennis or being outside full sun, then you need to have a sun protection factor underneath that you know before you you know after before you put that on if you're just working in an office or you're going to have makeup on afterwards i guess that something is better than nothing but for sure that type of spf factor that comes in those creams is not enough to really give you the full amount of sun protection that one would need Got now it. i have a question how much truth is there or necessary or how much need maybe is the better way to say it um to after sun care like is that a real thing like is there something we need to do to our skin our face our skin after we've been in the sun as far as like cooling nutrients lotions any thoughts there i think the more you do the better your skin quality is going to be now there's some people that love to put on 10 to 15 creams a day and there's some people who don't want to do it so i always say there's three to four basic type of creams that you want to have obviously excluding cleansers you want to have something that's like a mild exfoliant like either a glycolic acid or one of the alpha hydroxy acids because you want to shed those cells on the surface of the skin that are like old and automatically you know shed by themselves but with a little bit of that cream it speeds that up so the reason for that is the same reason why you clean your skin you want to get everything off the skin that is not necessary so when you put on either your antioxidants or your vitamin c it can penetrate deeper so you want to have a cleanser you want to have something that's like an exfoliant but not an aggressive exfoliant just light you don't want your skin to be peeling because that doesn't look good but if you peel off instead of two or three cells normally you're peeling off six to ten you don't notice it but more stuff is going to penetrate deeper so it's a cleanser an exfoliant probably one of the antioxidant type creams and for sure a retinoid at night you know like a retin-a type thing because the retin-a's and the retinols are what we know definitely stimulate new collagen formation better than anything else okay and then clearly the sunscreen so those are the four things talking about collagen we just had an episode on collagen yeah, last did. week yes. that was very very interesting i um you know i've never taken collagen and um and jamie and i had an entire episode on the ingesting part of the collagen right and like how um and how it works because i've always uh knew uh, you know from you about how to like basically maintain your current collagen and keep replenishing it topically but i've never really thought about actually drinking it in you know in my coffee or whatever it was so it's interesting that you mentioned that and that you know maintaining that um that's like a whole new episode about creams that keep your collagen alive <laughs> i have such a silly question that i imagine people are thinking about and i'm sure you're getting it a ton lately but and and this is coming up more personally for me because um i have two little girls and they are mixed so my husband is black so their skin is like tans i mean so easily um in a beautiful way but like very easily so the question i'm getting to eventually is mask tan right like there i 
not only our children, but some adults too, like with the mask sort of mandates and always having to wear masks. I was like looking this up online. There really is nothing we can do, right? So what do you do when you have that discoloration? Like both of my daughters and a lot of other people that just sort of working outside, having to wear a mask. Um, can you then sunblock the part that gets tan and try and even it out? Do you exfoliate it or do you just deal with un uneven tones for an entire summer? Like, what do we do? I mean, you know, hopefully there are times when you're outside in your backyard or at a big park where you're social distance enough that you can take the mask off and get some, you know, evening out. I mean, I think it's hard to, to put sunblock on some and get some on the other. You want to be mm -hmm. careful. The most important thing is that we don't want to get sunburn. Sunburn that causes blisters is the worst that can happen because that has been shown to lead to cancer, you know, skin cancer for sure. sure. And obviously the more the damage, you know, the, the, the more it is. I mean, I think that, yeah, we were having a lot of issues with masks and mass acne. I think we had a little, you know, you know, talk about that at one point. And, and we're seeing a lot. And a lot of times, you know, people wear things. And, and it's, there's a million topics that we've been talking about, but I saw a patient today that, she ended up having what we call like a contact allergy or what we call perioral dermatitis, which is because of the yep. mask. And it turned out that we were, we did a patch test on her where we test all these different allergens and she was allergic to dyes, certain colored dyes and the formaldehyde. And when you're wearing these masks that they're very beautiful, but they have a lot of dyes in it and a lot of fabrics have formaldehyde and she developed a contact allergy to that. So it's, it's, you know, there's, there's zillions of topics wow. and with this COVID and, I mean, I saw a patient today that had a COVID vaccine and her whole arm was got all red. I mean, we're seeing tons of skin rashes with the COVID vaccines. But back to the point of sun protection and sun protection factors, you know, it's important that we protect the skin and we have the sun protection factors. There are some products that uh, are what we call antioxidants. And what they do is they absorb the free radicals when the sun and the UV hits the skin. The free radicals are the ones that cause the damage. So anything that can absorb those free radicals is good. Some of the antioxidants that we use as topical creams act that way. And then there's also, you know, supplements that you can take by mouth. Oh, here we're, we're so in the room now. Just, you just brought me to my next space, which is, and I realize I might be opening Pandora's box here, but that's okay. Um, from your perspective and, and your professional opinion, what are adequate vitamin D levels from your perspective? And I will preface this with, I've spoken to so many dermatologists who have such varied opinions from math, ah, it's above 30 is fine. And others say it needs to be above 50. And I mean, I, I feel like there's such confusion out there. I'm, I'm very interested in your perspective. I think every lab has a range of normality from like 30 to 90. Mm -hmm. So you wanna be in the middle, you don't wanna be on the low, you certainly don't wanna be out of the range because that would be, you know, wrong. Too much would be vitamin D toxicity and too little would be low vitamin D. And, you know, we do a lot of hair, which is again, jumping topics, but people that have hair loss, if you check, you know, there's certain things to check, but vitamin D can be low. So just supplementing vitamin D is enough to, yeah. to stabilize the hair. But, you know, as long as you're not having symptoms and you're in the range, it's fine. You don't want to be out of either side of the range. And if you stay to the midline of whatever the range of that lab is, that's probably what I would say adequate. You know, okay. people can take a ton of vitamin D, but if they have a lot of fatty tissue, adipose tissue, the vitamin D gets absorbed into the fat. So it doesn't really show up into the blood when they yeah, do. Yeah, I've also so. read some interesting studies on um, 
the sequestering of vitamin D and inflammatory diseases. So people who, you know, live with um, inflammation, chronic inflammation, secondary to disease do tend to have lower vitamin D and not because even if they're supplementing it, it's hard to keep those levels up because of the pathophysiology of um, inflammation and vitamin D. So it's very right. interesting. And if they have extra adipose tissue, it's also getting absorbed into the fatty cells and not into the bloodstream, you know. And uh so for all of us who are not doctors and super, super smart, like the two of you, what would be a symptom that somebody that's taking all these vitamins, because so many people are taking so many supplements, because I get those messages all the time. What would be a symptom that you would notice um, right away saying you are taking way too much vitamin D, you need to check your levels? Like what could be something that would you is I know Jamie's going to be like, can't tell you that. <laughs> No, but you, right. there's not always a symptom. Right. I, mean, I mean, rarely there's a symptom. Look, I mean, as a dermatologist, I recommend that everybody get a full body skin check once a year because there may be a mole that looks normal to you, but I may have the eye to find that it's something abnormal or someone who's a little bit older that's had a lot of sun. And that's how we find skin cancers, by basically either the patient comes in because it's something's not healing right or it looks funny. But by a once a year exam, we do a complete exam and we can find things. The same thing, I mean... For people, I would say at the adult age, a once a year physical exam with the, you know, with some blood work is important. And that's yep. what they have to test for. They have to test for ferritin, for iron. They have to test for vitamin D. And obviously all the typical things, the normal, you know, the normal blood, you know, white blood cells, red blood cell counts they count for. But, you know, for outside things, the most important things that we see from a skin point of view are vitamin D deficiency for hair, iron deficiency for hair, Someone could be anemic and their iron levels, their storage levels are low and that can cause you know, hair loss. It's not really relevant to, to the skin and, and sun protection factor, but certainly where do we get a source of vitamin D naturally? That's from being out in the sun. So where do we find the line of how much sun is okay and where it's, what sun is too much, you know? So I'm a real believer in moderation. Everything in moderation is, is okay and we won't go into details about what i'm saying everything in moderation but you know we have to live life you know yeah but we have to be careful someone like Anne marie or someone like maybe your children that have darker skin types darker features darker eyes and stuff like that are a little bit naturally protected someone who's type one skin type who's you know irish type white skin and light blue eyes and, that'd be you know, me <laughs> and, light, and you know and light hair they're much more at risk you know yeah. so there's a whole new product line that's coming out and I'm, you know, not that I'm plugging them, but I think that the concept is very good. It's called Summer Ready. And basically what it does is it has a sunscreen that allows the sun protection, but it also allows the, the, the rays that create vitamin D to penetrate through. And, you know, it's, it's wow. an interesting concept. Oh, and I, I, like think that. That, I think that that's going to be the new generations of sunscreen that are going to be sun protection factor, but specifically for the ones that cause sun damage, but excludes the rays that can stimulate the vitamin d production in the oh, i'm yeah. so interested in that that's yeah. super cool yeah well i guess that brings me to my next point which was uh i've been going back and forth and do because i'm trying to use as you know you both know do as many products as natural as possible and you know sunblock is one of those things that it's very controversial especially in certain countries like australia where it's like banned to go in the ocean wearing sunblock because it's like it hurts the reef so 
all these you know companies are coming out with natural reef friendly uh sunblocks and i actually been using one and typically sunblock breaks me out as doctors diagnose very well i've gone through i don't even know how many until i found a few that were um that worked for me and one of them was revision skincare remember and then i liked it because it also came tinted and it was like two in one and it was it's a great company with great science but yet again it wasn't 100% natural and um i found that as him and i discussed the natural ones tend to be very oily so i guess i i want to have our listeners understand the difference between both and how you know because i i use both now that's the truth when i'm home and i don't care about putting like a foundation or anything i just i wear the natural organic one that comes from hawaii and then for the most part if i'm going to wear makeup if i'm going to leave the house i use the revision one right so i'm everything in moderation right a right. little bit of each right. so i guess for those listening like w- what's your take on those you know from a medical standpoint listen living in south florida and being on the opposite coast you know we have beaches here i grew up fishing and diving and anything that we can do to preserve our seas and our environment in general you know is key that concept of the corals and the sunscreen i think is very good yeah. i think that many people have tried to replicate his work and it's been you know plus minus so the concept is good but how much it really affects the seas where we can't really say for sure but the concept of natural and oil or you know organic type products they're great and i think that there's certainly the movement towards that but be cautious because most of the organic products are come from plant extracts and we know that certain plants can create dermatitis or contact dermatitis or allergic dermatitis in certain people so a lot of times people come in and say oh i bought this great organic line and i love it and i love it and it's been great but then you know after using it for a few weeks or they'll say i have this new rash i go well, what did you do new well 3 weeks ago i bought this great organic line and sometimes without realizing it has a plant extract that that can cause a reaction to it so you have to be careful i'm in favor of all that but understand that it's like anything else i tell people that if you do something and after 2 weeks something changes and it's changed the way your skin is or you know if you have a common cold and it doesn't get better in 2 weeks and you take antibiotics and doesn't get better then something's wrong you have to think about changing it so if you use something new and all of a sudden get a new rash think about well, what have i done and maybe consider that even though it may be a great product and maybe it costs you five dollars or maybe cost you five thousand dollars it doesn't really matter you know you could be sensitive to it so you have to think and supplements are the same a lot of people these these you know workout you know guys that are girls that are taking creatine or some of these supplements it can create changes in your natural skin flora and the natural skin gut i think you know this is your expertise yeah. that can cause reactions and we know that the slightest little bit of change that can cause antibodies or allergens can shoot those allergens into the system and create antibodies and then you get reactions that we don't really want you know absolutely in the, in the gi system or on the skin it's uh, they're all similar you know interact well i think we work with a microbiome on both right you have a natural uh, bacteria on the skin you have it in the gut and um whether it's topical or oral there are definitely um agents chemicals plants ingredients that will that will change or alter that flora and it's not necessarily always for the positive 
for sure. So in terms of uh, whether it is organic or natural, um, the SPF does the same work. It's a matter of how your skin basically right. reacts to it. So it doesn't make one less or more effective from the from the SPF angle, which right. I think it's super important. Like it's not like one SPF is better than the other. It's still the same thing. It's just the ingredients around it are either natural or not. Right. So the, the, the big thing, the difference to that is that you have what we call physical block sun protection factors, which are like minerals, like zinc oxide, that white paste. Mm-hmm. that it's the, the the actual particles are on the skin so the sun reflects off of them and cannot penetrate or you have the chemical ones which are like the oxybenzoins and stuff like that that those are chemical agents that go in and make a change so it's those are the ones that are the ones that supposedly are non-organic or they're not physical they're more chemical and those are the ones that could potentially be influencing the problems of the reef and other other issues that got it so it's not so much the the base of it so much but it's either a physical block which would be organic, like some particle, like kind of paint, you paint your skin with paint and the sun can't get through. I mean, these are microscopic pieces of whatever the mineral is, or you have a chemical thing that changes the changes it that creates the blockage for the ultraviolet light. Got it. All right. Um, is there one, I think, while we have you, why not? Is there a couple that are your top favorites, organic or non-organics that you recommend, like, you know, at the top of your list? For sunscreens, I think that uh, there's a product that comes out of Spain called Isden Erythrophonica, which I like a lot for the face because it's a good block. It has a little bit of tint. And I think that a little bit of tint is beneficial for those that use makeup. Uh, but everyone's skin is different. We, we sell that one, we sell Alta, we sell Revisions. And then we're using this new line, which is called Summer Ready, which is the one I told you about. I mean, it's still pretty new, but those that want to try it, you can, you know, find it online. And it's called Summer Ready Skin Products. And they have the sunscreen that acts as a sunscreen, but also allows the vitamin D production. And this other antioxidant that we talked about that's become popular called Heliocare, which is a plant-based thing that you take and it absorbs the free radicals so you don't get the sun damage. They have a product with Heliocare and vitamin D, so it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. So you're getting the antioxidants, protects against the sun, but you're also getting a little bit of vitamin D. So, what was the name of that one? Summer Ready. It's a it's a line called Summer that's, Ready. That's the Heliocare. That's Summer Ready. Heliocare, no, Heliocare is a is a one product line, but Summer Ready has the same polypodium, the plant extract, as Heliocare with vitamin D as a combination. And what was the very first one from Spain so that we can um, write it's, these in our post? The name of the company is called Isden. I can, you know, get you the exact spelling. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll post Isden, those. And then yeah. it's called Erythrophonica. And it's, you know, it's whatever, a name that I'd rather <laughs> send you the name officially than. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um, all it's right. Awesome. I learned so much. It's I'm always confused in the sun in the sunscreen sun scare sun care aisle, both for myself and for my children. It's constantly like it just feels very overwhelming. So it's nice to have some clarity on not having to worry about the numbers. Just get it over fifty, and um, you know, not having to necessarily like I can put the body one on the face and. Um, Right. I mean, you know, it's everyone's personally different. Somebody like the body ones may be a little bit more, you know, oily than the face ones, but, yeah. you know, they design it for the face. But in the end, it doesn't really matter. Putting it on is the most important thing. Gotcha. Not putting it on is against your, you know, 
And the other thing that you want to bring up is that if you're going to spend the day at the beach or you're out playing sports and you're sweating, you know, waterproofing is something that occurs, but it's not great waterproof. So if you're going to be outside the full day, whether it be gardening, hiking, running at the beach or surfing, sweating, you, do, you, should you, know, sweating you should reapply probably every hour, every two hours, depending on, you know, okay. what's going on. So All I right. guess Amazing. taking it back, I guess you recommend, obviously, since you're born at some point, you should start using sun protection. It's the best thing to do because we know that the accumulation of the ultraviolet damage from the first time your child or baby or grandchild goes out in the sun, it starts accumulating. We don't really see a lot of change until the 30s, 40s, and realistically 50s. But if you stop going in the sun at 50, you already have so much sun damage from the first 50 years that you could hide in the closet and you still get changes. <laughs> you know? But I'm saying that you have to be realistic, you know? But, yeah. you know, don't sit there and bake like we used to with iodine and one of those tinfoil shields, you know? <laughs> Go out, enjoy the sun, put on sunscreen, you know, play yeah. sports. You don't want to be inside. You want to do exercise because yeah. exercise and getting fresh air and all that is just as important yeah. as anything else in life, you know? Everything in moderation. Balance. Everything it's, you know, and like Balance. I always say, delay before reversing people so the earlier you start taking care of your skin the less reversing you'll have to do but if you do have to reverse some stuff and you were that 50 year old now that been laying in the sun i'll send you to dr z and he'll do some magic but we can talk that a different day all right excellent <laughs> to be continued i feel like we could do many more on skin i'd, I'd love to talk about eczema and rosacea and all of these things so we'll make it happen again yeah perfect Thank All right, you, ladies. Z. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Happy Friday. Bye bye. Okay.